Hey, beloved, welcome to the Own Your Intuition podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Rich. I'm an energy medicine practitioner and educator, psychic medium, and intuitive soul reader. I work with people all over the world through my ongoing online offerings, including my bespoke intuitive readings. My hope with my work and with this show is to educate you and empower you to take charge of your well being, raise your vibration trust your intuition, and connect with the presence of loving guidance that is always around you. You can expect personal stories, phenomenal guest speakers, tips, tricks, and how-tos on all things health, wellness, and spirituality. To schedule your next one-on-one intuitive reading, mentorship, or energy medicine session, or to register for an upcoming event, training, or course, head to kellyrichintuitive.com and stay connected with me on Instagram at kellyrichintuitive. Hi, beloved. Welcome back to Own Your Intuition. I am so stoked that you're here for this week's episode. I have the founder of Sauna Space on the show. We talk all about red light therapy, what it is, what it does, what the benefits are for you. We talk about EMFs. Brian answers the questions of, you know, is there such thing as too much red light? How safe is it? And I have been sharing my experience with red light therapy for a few months now, and I get a lot of DMs around these questions of like, what is that thing you're using? What is that red light on your face or that red glow in the room? So this is the podcast talking all about it. I know a lot of biohackers love using red light therapy and saunas, and I also share my own experience in this episode where... I had an injury not too long ago from now, time I'm recording this intro, and I share how I use the red light and how it helped me to heal. It's a pretty cool story, <laughs> and Brian shares so so many different facts, and really, he's just a book of knowledge, if you ask me. It was such a fun conversation to have with him, so I hope you enjoyed this episode, and If you are wanting to request a topic or you have a question that you would like addressed on the podcast, my assistant and I have created something on my website where you can type it in. It's pretty easy. You just go to kellyrichintuitive.com. You can go to the podcast link right at the homepage of the site, scroll down, and you'll see a little request form with directions on how to request your topic or your guest or your question. And I love to hear from you. So kellyrichintuitive.com podcast button right at the top of the homepage. It's that easy. So I can't wait to read what you've got for me. And the last thing that I will announce before I go ahead and share this episode with Brian and I is last week I shared the own your intuition group mentorship that there were a couple spaces left and those spaces have been filled. And I just have to say, you know, this community is really spectacular and I just feel so loved by you and well received by you. Every single time I have offered a new round of the own your intuition group mentorship, it has sold out. And this time around, same thing, a month in advance. And feels like confirmation for me to keep offering this container. And that makes me really happy because I have to say it is one of my favorite ways to spend time with you. So stay tuned for the next round. However, I'm feeling like this six month long one that I'm doing about to do in April is maybe going to change a little bit and it will be geared towards 2022. So if that feels like a long time away, there are still other ways to connect one-on-one reading, one-on-one mentorship. I've expanded the mentorship to five sessions and there are two options. So you have a business mentorship. If you're looking to create or expand a soul led business and the personal mentorship is if you're looking to connect with your guides, you're looking for guidance in some way, and you're wanting to really hone in on your intuitive gifts. 
So it's all there. KellyRichIntuitive.com. And thank you for being a part of this community. All right, let's take a deep breath. Enjoy this week's episode. Okay, welcome, Brian. Welcome to Own Your Intuition. I'm super happy to have you here, founder of Sauna Space. Hello. Thank you for having me, Kelly. Happy to be here. Yeah, so let's dive right into the most frequent question that I receive when I share my photon from sauna space is what is that thing? And what is, what is red light therapy? So how would you explain that to somebody who's kind of new to this realm? Yeah. Uh, so red light therapy is, is just that it's, it's that light has a therapeutic effect on our cells because we have light receptors in the cells of our body that receive certain wavelengths of light and, and in doing so activate biological systems that are related to healing. Uh, primarily we're talking about the mitochondria. So the mitochondria are the power plants of the animal cells, but they have a red and near infrared light receptor protein on them. And so when you shine red or near infrared light, a very narrow band of light that uh, traditionally comes from sunlight uh, you shine that on the mitochondria and you have a lot of amazing healing responses. Uh, they're called the mitochondrial functions. They include anti-aging effects, gene repair effects, uh, immediate inflammation reduction, uh, growth effects, and basically a lot of restorative effects at the cell level. And when you when you use the light therapy to improve cell functioning, you get... Uh, you get improvement in your organ systems, your tissue systems, and your hormone regulation, and basically your whole body. So it becomes uh, very rejuvenative and restorative for the whole body. And and the ancestral or biological basis for it is the sun. So um, f- it's about 40% of sunlight that hits the earth is near infrared. And uh, if you include red too, it's about 15% or 18%. Uh, if you include red and near infrared, over 50% of the sunlight, so the majority of the sunlight that reaches us is in this really special band that's the light therapy band. And so when we think about what light is helpful from the sun, it's, uh, it's very much a minority effect is the ultraviolet light and the production of vitamin D, which does have benefit to us. Uh, the majority of the healing stimulus and the benefit from sunlight in this majority portion is the red near infrared portion that stimulates mitochondrial healing. So we've been living under the sun for billions of years from a cellular perspective. Mm -hmm. So this is very primordial biology. This is one of the most basic aspects of our biology. We are beings of light. And in fact, I'll go further from, I'll, I'll go further and say that we're really not biomechanical or biochemical beings as uh, allopathic and traditional medicine gives us the impression. We are absolutely, in fact, quantum mechanical or bioelectric. All of our fundamental functioning of all the systems that are in our body from blood flowing down the veins to the blood brain barrier to basic mitochondrial interactions, they're, they're, they're electronically based. It's all about the electronics, the electromagnetism of them. So, and light is also electromagnetism. So it's a very fascinating thing. There's these special frequencies of light that we absorb and eat. And in doing so, we use it as a nutrient to heal, but it's also a uh, hormetic stress. So it's both something that gives us energy and nutrients as it were, but it also is a hormetic stress like sauna in that you stress the body, just like an exercise. You, you stress the body out and exercise and your body has all these awesome healing effects. And so the, 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 the sunlight does both of those things. And it's a, it's a basic fundamental aspect of our lives that we now no longer have living indoors under artificial blue light. We don't get sunlight, not, not enough during the day at all. And even when we're outside, it's, we're, we're covering our bodies up with clothing. So we're not getting our daily required dose of near-infrared red that we, we get and then additionally, we're, we're, we're kind of amplifying our exposure to damaging light, blue light, um, and then other you know, environmental stresses we have in modern life, electromagnetic stress, bad nutrition, 
and just our lifestyles with all the stress surrounding it. So it's, it's a fundamental aspect of our lives and what makes us human and we need it every day. And so what I've been obsessing about for, I guess, going on eight years now is, is how to bring that, that, that nature, that, that essential element into our lives. Instead of us going out and trying to seek out nature, I kind of accept that modern man is stuck in the modern lifestyle. So uh, among other things, I've developed all the sauna space products to provide really effective practical tools to trick the body into thinking it's out in nature. Hmm. So it's really all about our technology meeting nature instead of, instead of, you know, uh, arrogantly saying, Oh, we don't need nature. We don't need the natural things. Our man-made things are superior. Really they're not. Um, it turns out that the, we're, we're much more effective, you know, relying on, in terms of health and biology on ancestral principles, I think, than, than many of the allopathic solutions that are offered for chronic disease. Mm. Wow. That is an incredible answer. You know, people that I know in, in New York City, definitely during quarantine, going outside really wasn't an option. And this feels like, and I even have goosebumps, like a really beautiful way to kind of bring what what was lost and what kind of still is lost for some people into the home, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And and furthermore, in northern climates, uh, you know, in the winter, there's not much sunlight. People who are ethnically from higher latitudes are lighter skinned. So that the letter, the lesser amount of sunlight that we were getting in those regions uh, was more, was penetrating more into the body. We're more benefiting from it. Um, whereas if you compare, like I'm very light skinned. If you compare me to my wife, she's uh, she has a lot of Yemenite ancestry, so she's very dark skinned. She needs probably twice the amount of near infrared exposure that I do. And someone who's very dark skinned, you know, is from you know a- of African descent may need three or four times the amount of near-infrared light that I get because their skin blocks more due to the amount of melanin in the skin. So all that to say that folks who have darker skin who are living in northern um, northern latitudes in the northern hemisphere and just living a modern life are um, even m- more needful of near-infrared light than I am. And they're getting even less. And so they're, they're, they're also not getting any of that ultraviolet light vitamin D stimulus. So for example, with infectious disease and COVID-19 and the flu season and all of that, uh, someone who's very dark skin needs to be probably taking vitamin D supplements and they need more on a daily basis than I do. And, and you know, low vitamin D is linked to depression and other neuropsychiatric effects. So uh, everybody needs this and people who are darker skin need it even more, honestly. But, but what I do at sauna space is not just light therapy, it's also sauna. We shouldn't forget that. We're basically layering on top of the sauna therapy that we do uh, light therapy. So we're combining them together because we find that you need sauna just as much as you need light nowadays to survive. There, there's so much research behind uh, how much benefit you get in cellular functioning and then also overall reduction in incident and risk of all diseases and increased longevity from basically every uh, daily or, or frequent sauna use. So we're saying, hey, you, you need to do sauna. And you know what? You need a daily dose of near-infrared light. Let's do them all together. And, and furthermore, let's do it in a space that's designed to feel ancestral, feel kind of like back to nature. And then, and then uh, even more so, can we deal with the electromagnetism that is man-made, that is tr- stressful in our bodies? Can we remove that from the equation too to create this just perfect ancestral space in which to heal, detox, relax, escape, and and just return to yourself a little bit before you get back out into the crazy world we live in. Yes, the sauna part, I I feel like my experience with saunas in the past, I would go into them and feel like I couldn't breathe. Like I would genuinely feel like like my breath would get caught and then I would start to feel anxious. And it took some time and traveling to this retreat center, I would I would frequent well before COVID and kind of 
going in there even just a couple of minutes and allowing myself to chill, I think was yeah. really important. But with sauna space, um, with your products, I've started with the, I believe it's the photon. It's just the one light that I have. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to start there. And, and then, you know, if this, this was me in my mind, if this works for me, or if I enjoy this, then I'll, I'll consider the, the sauna. And I have to say, I do want to share an experience with you and with everyone else is a couple weeks ago, about two weeks ago, I hurt my hamstring. I got off my bike and, um, I felt like I pulled it or strained it or something. And I am super sensitive. So when I get hurt, I feel like the spectrum of pain is heightened in comparison to maybe a normal person. And I had a little bit of body work, but I used my light a couple mm-hmm. times, at least twice a day. It was about two or three times for only about 10 or 15 minutes each time for two days. And by the second day, I was 100% better. I'm not saying 95. I'm not saying 99. I'm saying 100% better. And the only thing I did other than that was get a massage and, and rest. But usually when I rest or I get a massage or have a little body work and something like that has happened in the past, it's much more like five days. It's It was usually much longer where the pain would kind of drastically release over time. And this was the second day, Brian. I mean, I was like telling my partner like, okay, we need to look into this damn sauna. And so I do have to say that I am one of those people who bought the product and was a little bit still skeptical, even though through the research and learning about the mitochondria and just just the basic function of these products that you've created. And I do want to talk about the EMFs because that's another important piece. Let's talk about what you just said. Yeah. Uh, yes. I, I love the skepticism. I love the healthy skepticism. That's, that's how I am, Kelly. And, and when you get, it is sometimes hard for me to step out of the box because I've been doing this for so long, but uh, absolutely. From, from an outside perspective, it's like, how can this possibly be true? Mm-hmm. I just shine this light on my, my flesh and, and then all these things happen inside and, um, and all of a sudden I'm recovered and, and it's like, well, what happened even? <laughs> and how was that even possible? Um, the truth is it, it, it is real. It's, it's just, um, it's something that people are just not quite aware of, but our ancestors understood this really well. The, the photon light in various iterations, uh, that concept has been used to treat um, wounds on racehorses for like 50 years. And, and that's one of the primary uses of light therapy is to accelerate wound and muscle healing. And with our photon, it's super special because our light therapy is incandescent based. It's a broad spectrum analog incandescent emission, which is just like the sun. The light of nature is, incan- is incandescent light. Incandescence is really, uh, the, the definition of that is, is that when you heat up a material hot enough in nature, it begins to emit light naturally in a very predictable spectral curve that you can derive from Planck's law and from physics. And so the, the, the light we evolved under the sunlight is, is incandescent. And so it has that big, has the red near infrared portion that, that does the light therapy stuff, but it has a big... Uh, it also has some near infrared, mid infrared that does heat therapy. So it heats. And that's an important uh, thing to keep in mind with sauna space. Our, le- our uh, near infrared red light therapy is incandescent based. It has a heat component too that's doing other things. Uh, all other types of light therapy that are out there in the market are LED or fluorescent based. So there is no heat component because there are no mid infrared heating wavelengths. Uh, and the difference is there's actually benefit from the heat. So when you use a photon on your hamstring, instead of a LED red light therapy panel, you're getting localized heat therapy benefits too. Heat is not just, and sauna is not just a detox. There's a lot of protein repair that goes on where the heat shock proteins fix malformed proteins in your body and improve enzyme functioning and protein functioning, which uh, you know positively affects hormonal signaling and all these other things. Like, the heat therapy, even from the photon on your hamstring, causes a rejuvenative effect from the heat. And then, of course, the light therapy that we've already discussed is doing all these other things, different biological pathways in the same cells. And they're synergistically working together to 
re-optimize cell functioning. So it's doing a lot under the hood that you, you maybe don't feel immediately or notice, but then all of a sudden the next day or after a while you wake up and look back and say, oh my God, the, the problem's gone and I'm 100% better. I, I in fact had the same kind of experience in my own healing journey in the beginning. So, so sauna space started because I had what I later uh, self-diagnosed as adrenal fatigue. I had acne and insomnia and mind racing, and I had a lot of lethargy, and I was irascible. And uh, two sauna sessions and building my own sauna space sauna cured my insomnia. And then about six months of, and that shocked me. And so that motivated me to use the sauna a lot, which I did so for about six months. And it took a while. And then after six months, I looked back and I was like, whoa, it fixed all of these lingering issues that I wasn't even really aware of. I wasn't so much conscious of my irascibility. And now um, I just look back and I'm thinking more clearly, more decisive, more patient with everyone, even my mother, uh, more positive and, and just way and just a lot more, a lot higher energy levels. So it really transformed me. And it was a subtle transformation that when I look back was definitely a large transformation, but it was really a small steps over time that then became a big thing. So back to you and the hamstring, it really does work. And we've had so many stories of that. We've got customers who use the photon one time and it cured their migraine. Mm. I've had, I've, I've been at trade shows where a woman who was on the cycle and had really bad cramping would come in and into the sauna, sit in there for five minutes and her menstrual cramps uh, disappeared. Wow. So there's a lot of like short-term wow experiences yeah. people have, but then long-term we see improvement in re reduction in incidence of and risk of disease, which is what we really want. So the sauna is definitely the best and you should consider doing that uh, and getting that at some point because that's a full body experience and it's hitting everything. But nonetheless, what you've done now to start out with a photon is, is really exactly what I, what I would love you to do, especially for someone who's skeptical. Just try out the photon. It comes with a 100-day trial and just use it in its different iterations. You've now used it to heal a wound and that worked well. Um, you can use it before bed on the back of the head for five or 10 minutes to activate the lymphatic drainage and get the body into a parasympathetic state to prepare for sleep. You can use the photon in a lot of other ways too. Uh, I don't know if people will see the video here, but uh, when I work at my desk, I have my photon on this on uh, basically a modified desk arm. And so all day long, I have the photon next to me, not, not using it directly for spot therapy, but rather... I'm using it to improve the indoor lighting environment. So it's kind of like optimizing the, the, the lighting environment in, uh, you know, wherever I'm working, wherever I'm hanging out indoors. And by that, I mean, it's counteracting the blue light um, damage to my body by canceling it out. And it's also canceling out the, the, the measurable flicker effect from flickering light another kind of small problem with modern lighting sources including leds and fluorescence is they pulse so they turn on on and off many times a second which your light receptors interpret as an environmental stress even though your eyes can't really see it but if you take your iphone and, and do a just or your phone and film your led light uh with a video uh, take a video shot and then slow it down you can see how it LEDs flicker. So all these things just make working on the computer and living indoors unnatural and stressful. And so when I have the photon next to me, it's creating this bubble of clean, it's creating this photonic bubble, let's call it, of clean space. Even though I have to use LEDs and I have fluorescent lights like I have now, I have some studio lights up for the, the recording. It's kind of canceling all those out and my body thinks I'm sitting next to a fireplace. And so that what that results in is a, a much less stressful experience, much easier to work at the computer, much easier to do anything indoors. And, and, and then certainly after dark, it's like, well, what do I do after dark? What about lighting after dark? We don't want blue light stimulus after dark. The only blue light in nature comes from the sun, really, other than stars. And so when the sun sets, our, it's part of our daily circadian rhythm. When the sun sets, our blue light stimulus ends and the melatonin, tonin that was produced during the day due to blue some blue light and ultraviolet light stimulus in the pineal gland in the forebrain is released into the brain clock 
And it starts all these activities in your body to get you ready for bed. But if you watch a TV or use your phone or any digital screen of any kind after dark, you're telling your body to stay up, uh, you know, um, from an electromagnetic perspective. And that, that's been shown really uh, pretty substantially to adversely affect your sleep and, and be really bad for your health in general. But it's like, well, hey, if I can't have any modern lights and I can't have any screens and I can't have any of this, how do I even hang out in my house after dark? So the photon is, is what I would recommend you use. The photon provides op optimal nocturnal lighting, let's call it. And, and so it's blue light free and it doesn't flicker and it provides enough visible light to hang out with and, and read a book and chill and do all the activities you do with your loved ones after dark. And it's really, what it is really is an electric bonfire. So uh, even though humans have not had fire forever, we've had fire for a long time, like over, I don't know if it's 50,000 or 100,000 years, I forget. But humans have a biologically programmed desire to have after dark um, full spectrum incandescent light, you know, from a fireplace or a bonfire or a photon or, a, you know, sauna space product down low, like at eye level or down low, as if you were out in nature at the fireplace. So all these things are just, it's a lot of in the weeds explanation of what it's doing. It's, it's basically transforming the indoor environment into a more natural environment. And that allows us to continue to live our lives in a modern fashion, like, kind of like we want to, but adapt those indoor environments and, and, and make them more naturalistic bring the nature back inside. And so the photon is being used in all these ways. Of course, the number one way is where, you're, where we started is to just use it for spot therapy. But increasingly people are using it to just for all these other reasons. Uh, and, um, and it works anywhere, it goes anywhere. You can actually travel on a plane with it. So for example, when I go traveling, I don't bring my sauna, I just bring my photon and I use it heavily. And you can use it very heavily. You used it two uh, two times a day for your hamstring you could have used it six or eight times a day if you wanted to oh, wow. uh, you know 10 or 20 the protocol is you know 10 or 20 minutes or so on the exposed area per hour and then you could do that five or ten times a day wow um, okay yeah i just wrote that down um do you feel like there's a kind of a point where you st stop i mean like could i use it for say my face uh, six times a day and then put it on my ankle if something's going on there for six times. Yeah. Yeah. If you're rotating the body parts, you can rotate. There are a couple caveats. If when used on the head and the throat, we only use it for 10 minutes at a time. We want to be careful about not overheating the head. We want to engage in hormetic stress therapy, but not too much. So if we're doing the head or the throat, like if you have thyroid issues, people do the throat, you're doing just 10 minutes per session. And you'll do that gently. Just to start out, you maybe do a couple sessions a day of that. Any other part of the body, you can do up to about 30 minutes or so. And again, you should start out gently by doing it a few sessions a day. But just like the sauna, you titrate up and build up to a maximum of 10 sessions a day on any body part. And so if I, for example, wanted to do my head for a little bit and then work on my shoulder, I do 10 minutes on my head and move the photon immediately over to my shoulder, do 20, 20 or 30 minutes on that. And then, you know, an hour or two later, you can do it again. Wow. Um, that's good to know. Okay. I, I've definitely not been using it to its fullest capacity then. I, but, but, but Kelly, it isn't, it is important to start slowly. So you can overuse all of these products um, with, with photon, uh, with the photon therapy and also with the sauna therapy, there's this concept of, retracing healing reactions in the addiction world they call it a detox reaction so you invariably uh, when you detox you know you're trying to get all the toxins to the organs of elimination you get, you're trying to use the heat therapy to unlock them from the cells and get them through the blood and through the lymphatic system to the kidneys and stool and the sweat um, in doing so you do have some reabsorption that occurs and uh, sometimes people experience the symptoms of the toxin they're detoxing while it's being detoxed. And these, there are a wide array of healing reactions people have from basic ones like a little skin blotchiness or um, 
um, you know, people getting tired all of a sudden to people actually having, uh, in certain weird cases, if you're detoxing LSD residues from your, your liver, you can actually hallucinate a little bit. And so people get really where this gets into the psychology and the brain science a little bit is that your brain is a, your, your memories are neural network patterns that overlap each other. And you have really strong memories called limbic memories that are more emotionally based. So when I detox a toxin that I absorbed uh, at a time point that overlaps a, a limbic memory, it brings back that emotional thing. This is just like when you smell something and it brings you back to a memory of high school prom where you're, or you're in some place. You're like, and how, why am I even thinking about that right now? That's because of how the brain uh, maps its, its memory. So all that to say that when you're detoxing in the sauna or even using the photon light, sometimes you might have a, a very emotional healing reaction. Some people have reported all of a sudden having an emotional release, crying all of a sudden for no apparent reason, and then it passes and you move on. So there's a thousand different types of healing reactions and, and it is a part of detoxification. But because that is there, we want, to we want to proceed slowly and gently and methodically through our healing process, whether it's the photon or the tungsten uh, or in the sauna. So you're, you're doing the right thing by just starting slowly. It may take you a couple months to build up to like such intense use. It's oh. very uh, person, you know, it's very uh, individual based. That's great, great, great to know. And I know for a lot of people who are interested in, in the products too, knowing that uh, for, you know, the, the intensity, the, the intense people who want to go kind of full force right at the very beginning, I think that's a, an important message. I want to go back a little bit to how you're using your photon right now. For me, what I've been doing at night is I'll do, I kind of, the way my living room is set up where I kind of chill in my recliner space is my photon is to the side of me, kind of angled towards my face. And I'll, it's about two feet away and I'll keep it on for about 15 minutes and then I'll turn it off. And then like an hour goes by. So maybe I've been doing that intuitively and I'll turn it back on. However, other times I'll just simply move it across the room and kind of use that light as you were mentioning before to create this hmm, balance with the blue light. If we're watching a movie, yeah, yeah. wearing my yeah. my blue my real blue blocker glasses. So is there do you feel like there is a safety measure with that too when you're talking about the detoxification and and maybe the um the reactions that can come up or is that much more um, is that different since it's not localized? Yeah, my, absolutely. I think you have the sense right. So my all of my previous comments about use protocols for the photon are related to the targeted therapy, to okay. it being 18 to 24 inches away and doing an automatic stress therapy on the body for a very limited duration. If the photon is more than three feet away, it can point, you know, three or four feet away, it can point directly at me and you can basically leave it on as long as you want. Uh, typically, if it's just sitting there in the environment, you just want to have it be chilling for the light. Um, just have it angled up at the 45, so it's more going up into the air above you. Or you can actually put it on its back, on its base, and point it straight up. And that will shine the light into the room, and you'll get the benefit <laughs> of the environmental light therapy without having to worry about you know, the, the duration of exposure in a, in a spot therapy, in a targeted therapy sense. I love that trick. Uh, so like when you're watching TV, really what you should do is if the TV's you know, in front of you, mm -hmm. you should really put the photon pointing at you. So the light is, the photon light is going into the space in front of you between you and the TV. If that's too distracting for watching the TV, then you can just have it maybe closer to you pointing up. But, but yeah, absolutely. Your, your intuition was spot on there. You, you want to have a photon light on when you're watching TV. If you, your TV is an led screen, uh, because they, they're all blue light and depending on the model they they flicker, the, the, the degree of flicker really varies a lot, but, um, but yeah, so, so when using it for environmental light therapy and, and nightlight type stuff, you can just kind of have it on and leave it on for, and then turn it off when you, you know, you leave the room. 
Thank you for sharing that. I'm excited to to try that with the TV, having it right in front of me. So when you're talking about that, that's the three feet away or more. Yeah. I can stay on for like yeah. forever if I wanted. Correct. All right, cool. The other thing is I wanted to talk to you about EMFs. I haven't talked about EMFs at all on the show. Would you feel comfortable kind of just describing in a basic, short way, like what EMFs are? So not all EMFs are bad. Um Man-made EMFs are bad for the most part, although not our photon light. This is a, the photon light is in a man-made thing. Um, so what's the difference in all this? And how do you know what, what EMF is good and what EMF is bad? It's just like in nature. EMF is just another type of stress. And if it's a limited duration stress, it's probably okay. If it's a 24-hour ubiquitous stress, then it's not something that's ancestral. It's something that's totally man-made. And all of the research we, we read indicates that it has adverse biological effects. So what are good types of EMF? The sun, the light from the sun is electromagnetism that brings healing to our body. The, the earth has a frequency called the Schumann frequency. Mm-hmm. It's like 7.83 Hertz. Mm-hmm. Those are really long wavelengths. Those are going through our bodies. That's a good thing. We want that. There's, there's actually some research indicating benefit to exposure to that. Uh, the bad EMFs are, the ones that uh, our body interprets as environmental stress because it has no biological programming for them because we have no ancestral experience with them. So that includes electricity, uh, microwave signals in the air, cell phone, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, all the wireless data you can think about, and then all the devices that we have that run electricity, wired and wireless. And the, 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 they're, the subject matter is really complicated, but I, f- I think there's a way to distill it down pretty simply. People understand x-rays. X-rays damage your body. They're ionizing radiation, so they rip apart your DNA and they cause mutations. So uh, it was historically thought that non-ionizing radiation, visible light, microwaves, radio waves, and so forth, uh, don't have any biological effect if they're not heating the tissue. And that's actually the telecom industry standard for microwave signal strength and what's called SAR, um, the subject or whatever, this, the absorption rate. So in other words, when you develop a phone and you're testing it for product safety, there's a certain amount of radiation from the phone that is allowed to be absorbed by the user. And beyond that, it becomes unacceptable. Well, what is that threshold and who decided that? That threshold is based on how much cell phone signal, for example, it takes to heat the water in our body to cause heating. Uh, And so that's a really high threshold. The problem with that is that our bodies are sensitive to the electromagnetic signals because again, like I said in the beginning, we're bioelectric, we're quantum mechanical. So it turns out, for example, one of the most primordial systems in our body are the voltage-gated calcium ion channels, the the calcium signaling in the body. It's a basic energy uh, cellular communication system. It's called calcium signaling. So we have these little gates in our cells that let calcium in that are controlled by voltage. And the cell phone signal triggers those gates and opens them, which causes calcium to flood in the cell, causes a lot of oxidative stress, and um, can lead to cell cell death and other things, but essentially causes oxidative stress reactions in the body, which increases things like peroxynitride and carbamate. And what all that does is it slowly but surely results in DNA damage. So what we see from the research, and we have the biological mechanism of action defined, but Dr. Martin Paul has done that. Uh, It's out there. The question is, what are the associations with disease now? So what what I'm saying is that even though it's non-ionizing radiation, it damages our body and results in the same effects on our DNA and our cells as x-rays do. It just takes longer. But unlike an x-ray that you go get your your teeth x-rayed, once and it's a it's a very temporary exposure where can you go where there's no cell phone signal there like is nowhere kelly it's like you can't find those places anymore so this is a environmental stress that's constantly messing with our calcium signaling and it's causing oxidative stress and and these damaging uh, free radical actors in the body 24 hours a day and it's all day long every day and so the associate, so it's not something that kills you in a day. That's something that slowly will, I think, uh, affect your health adversely over time. And, and so even though there's subtle 
damages to the body because they're 24 hours a day, they accumulate and become very problematic contributing factors to development of disease, I think. Of course, I'm not a healthcare provider and everything I've said is not medical advice. It's just my anecdotal opinion, but the research is there and people feel bad when they get increased exposures to EMF. It's just like if you're buying a new house, you're not going to buy a new house right next to a cell phone tower. That's just intuitive. And that's because the radiation levels are so high. But unfortunately, the reality is this stuff is around us all day long and we can't avoid it at all. We need to find ways of maintaining our body to heal from the damages of it and, and, and keep ourselves like really strong. So EMFs are everywhere. If, if we can uh, shield them from our products, we need to do so. So I've obsessively tried to develop product design solutions to ensure the toxic byproduct of magnetic fields and electric fields that come with all electrical devices are not translated or transferred to the user. So I'm jumping around a little bit, but with the sauna, with all of our products, they're electromagnetically shielded for electric field and magnetic field. So you get all the benefit of this amazing light that's you know artificially produced by running electricity through this filament, but it, the spectrum is natural and the production of the light is the incandescent means of light production, which is a natural light. And since it's EMF shielded, there's no voltage or magnetic field on the user. So where sauna space is really unique in, in providing a sauna experience and a red light therapy experience that completely removes all concerns of electromagnetics, man-made electromagnetic stress from the therapy. Um, so it's, we've, we've worked really hard to do that. Of course, the photon is just the device itself. In the sauna, we have a, a grounding mat in the basic sauna that protects you from all the wire electricity. And then the, we offer now this EMF shield for a while. Now it's about in its fourth generation where we made a silver and organic cotton-based liner system for the entire sauna. So when you go in there, you go into what's called a Faraday space. It's where there is no man-made electromagnetism inside. And you haven't experienced it yet, Kelly, but you will. And when you do, you'll find. Uh, everybody that walks in there, like into the Faraday, says, oh my God, this, there's something in here that feels different. It feels different. It's like quiet to the senses inside. And the difference is, for many people, it's the first time in their life they haven't had uh, man-made electromagnetic stress in their body. And so it's almost disconcerting initially, like what? It's so quiet. I can, I, my body can feel itself that everything is like amazing. Well, that's the way we were living before electricity. Pre-1891, that's the way all ancestral humans, you know, all, all humans live their entire lives that way. So we're, we're, all, we're all messed up nowadays with regard to uh, um, our modern life and its adverse effects on our biology and on our health, but we can trick it, uh, with, you know, like what I'm doing here and other things too, cold therapy. There's, there's certain types of electromagnetic therapy that are good. PEMF therapy in very careful, uh, dose dependent amounts A direct current PEMF therapy is very beneficial for, for pain relief and many other things. So it's all about, it's all about the, the, actual manifestation of the design and the product. And we're the only ones that are dealing with this EMF stuff. Uh, I don't know why other companies are not dealing with it, but they'll catch up at some point. Uh, we'll still be far ahead of them, but it is a real thing and you can measure it. And in the literature, there's a ton of disease associations now with cumulative express, uh, cumulative exposure to cell phone signal and Wi-Fi signal and so forth. And you can reach out to us at Sonospace if you uh, need some help with the literature and the research. The, the only question now, Kelly, is does it cause disease? And those are literally, we need more long-term studies, but I don't wanna wait for that. If there's clearly a biological mechanism that's defined and, and described and people are having a lot of problems with it, that's enough for me. I wanna create a product solution. I don't want any of these man-made EMFs in, in anything we offer, any of the therapies we offer. And so we've done that. Um, after many years of, of dealing with it. And initially I didn't do it at all. And so I don't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater here with regard to other products that are out there. My original sauna therapy was not EMF shielded. And I had an amazing healing experience. That's because the power of incandescent sauna therapy, the power of incandescent light therapy stands on its own. It's awesome. It works. But the whole time 
I was introducing this other stress on my body. So it was kind of like three steps forward, one step back, you know, mm-hmm. um, if we can remove the man-made EMF from the equation, we just accelerate full speed. We get the, uh, the, the 100% benefit from the therapeutic experience we're doing. And one more thing I'll say about EMFs. Um, in the, I talked about EMFs causing this free radical cascade and causing oxidative stress pathways in our body that eventually damage our cells, damage our DNA. Well, what's really interesting about sauna therapy, and this is not light therapy, but heat therapy of the sauna, is that by two different biological pathways, sauna therapy reverses the same oxidative stress pathways and damage that those EMFs are doing. So in other words, doing sauna of any kind, heat therapy of any kind, is is absolutely a means of counteracting and reversing the daily damage we're getting from exposure to man-made EMFs, uh, you know, of all kinds. So it's just another reason why maybe ancestral humans, you know, didn't necessarily need sauna every day, even though there's, um, you know, there's there's tradition in almost every human culture of some kind of sauna therapy or sweat therapy. We need it more nowadays than our ancestors did because of all these crazy modern stresses we have, especially EMFs, especially of, of all things, it's the cell phone signal that is the highest wattage and the most ubiquitous. And with the new 5G technology, the introduction of higher frequencies and higher wattages, uh, we're reaching a tipping point where before it was the canaries in the coal mine, it was only the electro-hypersensitive folks who were adversely affected. But now it's starting to really affect everybody. And this, the effects are subtle, uh, but they're there. And they, they are basically uh, terrible across the board. It adversely affects almost every system in your body. It's associated now... Dr. Mercola has a really nice article on it. EMF, uh, in his book, his brand new book, EMF, really lays it out for those who want to dig into the weeds. There's associations with neuropsychiatric effects, cancer, heart disease, uh, depression, um, bipolar, uh, chronic fatigue, insomnia. There's just this huge array of disease associations now. You can't ignore it. So it's something to consider, to be aware of, to be looking into. And then when you're thinking about products, absolutely. If possible, uh, in an ideal world, Kelly, every single electronic appliance in the world would be electromagnetically shielded. But unfortunately, it's only like us right now. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so deeply inspired right now. I feel like lit up. I really appreciate you sharing. You have such a beautiful mind. I just have to say, like, listening to you speak, I... I just thank you for being here. And is there anything else that you'd like to to share with us before we end? Well, I couldn't, I, I don't think I could one up your amazing compliment you just gave me. Um, but I would say, yeah, in addition, don't get into analysis paralysis. Um, you know, that's that whole, a lot of those uh, uh, people who just, just obsess over the details and stuff. And, and sometimes you do need to step back and say, Hey, okay, there's research, there's the information, there's all the opinions I got. What am I doing? What's my, what, what's my perspective on all of this? You know, we're all consumers. We apply consumer science to everything we buy, except healthcare. Only with healthcare products and services do we totally suspend our consumer logic and just do whatever some guy in a, basically this, this guy in a white frock is, is telling us who has some letters after his name, uh, not to not to disparage what they're saying, they may be right, but just when you buy an iPhone, when you buy a car, you go online, you read the research, you read the reviews, you talk to your neighbors, you do a lot of analysis before you do that. Do the same with your healthcare products and services, because what you're trying to do in your mind is say, okay, well, what's, the, what's my value here as a consumer? My best value comes from highest benefit and lowest risk um, equation in, in whatever I'm buying. And for those of you out there that are skeptical of natural therapies or or natural ways of doing things like what we're doing here, consider this. Um, What we do at Sonospace is incredibly high benefit and the the risk is virtually zero. There's almost no risk to it. So just from a consumer cost-benefit analysis, it makes much more sense to start out with something like this uh, before you get into some of the allopathic offerings that are out there that are more expensive have side effects, whether we're talking about pharm- pharmaceuticals or surgery or radiation therapy or other things. And, and again, I can't make medical claims. I'm not a healthcare provider. You need to talk to your doctor before you do anything. But 
uh, if we just just approach healthcare products and services like we did everything else and did the same cost-benefit analysis, I think we would all be just starting with natural healing and we'd save a lot of money in healthcare because we wouldn't need all these expensive things where you get too, your body gets too degraded and then the only thing left for you is a conventional approach. Another good point. Yeah. I love the analogy of how we ask so many questions when we buy a car, but why aren't we asking questions on our own healthcare and what we're putting in our bodies? Yeah. It's like, kind of feels like common sense, but I don't know. It is, but (laughs) it's just a a part of our culture is to not really spend money on ourselves and our health so much. It's just, uh, you know, we're conditioned to buy, you know, to, to seek happiness by buying tangible things where in, in natural health, you, you can spend a fair amount of money on yourself, but you are your number one investment, your body, your temple. Mm. Uh, you can't do anything if it's all messed up. I mean, what is your purpose in life? Um, you can't help anybody if your house is on fire. Yes. And, and I think uh, the culmination of, uh, I don't want to get too metaphysical here, but I, I think it's, it's, it. it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a central primary purpose in the life of all humans um, to bring up and help the people around you and, and be the independent that others can depend on so that you have a positive influence and output to your family, to your loved ones, to your community um, so that those who are indigent and, and are in need and are just in a bad way uh, that, that, that we, that you individually and then we collectively as a community have reserves for them and, and, um, and that should be, you know, a primary purpose. And, and it comes back to taking care of your, yourself and your body first. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really, really appreciate your time and just what you're doing for the world. I want to say your community, but it really feels like the world. So thank you. Well, thank you, Kai. I appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and talk to your community. And, and hopefully we'll talk to you again. I am truly honored to have you a part of this growing community. Thank you for joining me for this week's episode on the Own Your Intuition podcast. To schedule your next one-on-one session or register for an upcoming event, training, course, or retreat with me, go to my website, kellyrichintuitive.com. If you learned or got something from today's show, be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, share with your loved ones, and I'll catch you next week for a fresh episode.